0: Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we research teen culture so you can focus on connection. I'm Caleb Hatchett, and I'm here with Carly Duke and Tobin Hodges. And this week, we're going to talk about some teen terms, kicking it off hot with with terms that even I've never heard and come to find out. I'm the hip one and the young one of this podcast, so that's crazy. Uh, (laughs) Then we're going to kind of get into cell phones, why teens don't respond to texts. Cell uh, phone boundaries and how that interacts with school, even. Um, so, so we're in for a lot. But just to kick things off, with the teen term that I had never heard, and I think I'm better for it, is the term <laughs> Delulu.
1: So, Carly, are you punking? Are you punking us? Yeah, sure. it sounds it's fake.
2: It's. I'm not saying it's a cool word. I'm just saying <laughs> I've seen it on TikTok. At any time it comes across, I'm like, that is the dumbest. way to shorten that word like there's no reason to be like he's delulu or like i know i'm delulu
0: but
1: Mm -mm. right which i hate that so much
0: (laughs) who are out of the loop like me delulu is basically a shorthand for delusional uh i think in the research that i did it mainly came out like through fandoms of like people thinking that they would marry these celebrities and they're like man delulu like people that think taylor swift will marry them are delulu But But, now I think it's used for more than that.
2: Yes. But I do think that I think you're right, Caleb. You are exactly right. Because where I really started seeing this was when Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey started dating. And people would be like, I know I'm Delulu. It's probably fake, but I love them together. Like that's Mm -hmm. the kind of context that I hear that a lot of like, I know I'm kind of crazy or I know I'm delusional. And this is but that's where I started seeing okay. it, and they are. And if you're DeLulu, you probably. It's, if you're using it, you are. So,
1: it's only one <laughs> syllable shorter than the actual word. Like, I mean, what are we doing? Like, I know. that's like. Uh, there was like a Brooklyn 99 episode where they used the acronym BRB, and Captain Holt did not uh, like compute that it was B right back. He's like, it's the same amount of syllables. What are we doing? And it's like, like, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like like it's only one less syllable. Like what? Do, like it's not a short word. That's just yeah, you being I, extra. At so, least
0: yes. Riz is two syllables shorter than charisma so yeah yeah they got that going for them yeah uh the next one is and riz is clowning. cooler too riz is cooler. riz is cooler. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love riz the my podcast uh the next teen term is clowning and I, in my mind it makes sense how we got there because it's like you know you got like class clown or like you know you're a clown similar to that like you're clowning around like being silly weird Usually in a funny context, sometimes you could be clowning or like just being a clown like cause you're, you know, too you're too wacky. I don't know. Uh, I, see I don't a lot use in this basketball. One much, but yeah.
1: basketball uses a lot, like he clowned him on the court. Or like right. you know, like it's kind of like a the newer version of like, you know, he broke his ankles kind of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see this a lot in basketball stuff. So
0: uh and then the last one is out of pocket, which I didn't know could could mean more than one thing but in my in in how it's used now and how i've always used it is like when someone says or does something unexpected or maybe like inappropriate for the current context like man that was out of pocket it's usually Mm -hmm. sometimes if you're out of pocket in the right way it's pretty funny like even if it isn't (laughs) appropriate for the current context it's pretty funny i was out of pocket but uh just usually something random funny it's out of pocket but Yeah, we
2: had to explain this to Caleb off air because he didn't (laughs) understand that like when we use out of pocket, we mean like I'm unavailable. I was out of pocket. I was sorry. I didn't I couldn't answer my phone. I was out of pocket. And I saw a TikTok about this where like a mom is pretending to talk to a teenager and she said something like that, like, hey, sorry, couldn't answer. I was out of pocket. And they're like, oh, what'd you say? Yeah. And she was like, I mean, I was working. I was out of pocket. And they're like, I know, but like, what'd you do? And she's like, what are you talking about? And they <laughs> think she's saying like she did something crazy and that's why she was unavailable. Anyways, a funny miscommunication. But if you hear a teenager I say out of pocket, they're like probably that. not using it the way you are. Just says <laughs> What it is? But, uh, yeah. Which
1: means it's you're lame. If you're true. the adult, you're yeah. the lame one in that situation in their that's eyes.
0: Right. So yeah. and hearing Carly explain that to me made me feel very cool and young, <laughs> So. <laughs> I had never heard the other way to say out of pocket. So,
2: But speaking of out of pocket, in the old terms, <laughs> teens are often out of pocket when we're trying to text them. And this is a question that I've gotten or that adults have communicated to me, which is, why do teenagers never respond to text? And it is a fascinating question. I have asked this myself because you know it's in their hand always. You see them post on social media and you're like, hi. Hi. I know you have your phone. Why are you not Mm -hmm. answering? Why are you not texting back? I have had, I trying to get babysitters these days is tough. I'll be honest because I will text four girls and hear back from one. It just kind of is what it is. And so I think this is worth, I want to talk about why teenagers might not respond because I do think there are some valid reasons, but I do also think this is worth having a conversation with a teenager for yourself, maybe if they're not responding. But even like I gave the babysitter example, if your teenager is wanting to make money, even if they say no, that's okay. Like, but you need to respond. That's professional. Mm -hmm. When you get into the workforce, you can't just not respond to people. That doesn't go over as well. And so this is a skill that needs to start sooner. But for some context, your teenager is getting probably 10 times the amount of messages that you are in a day. And so when you're getting a text and you're like, that's not that hard to respond to, they are just like inundated with messages, Mm -hmm. notifications, text. And so that might be one reason they're not responding. There's
1: also a secret to that, too. They also, a lot of them don't use iMessage for texting. And so like if you are sending them a message, on iMessage, that means that you are the old one and they do all their messaging in like Snapchat and Instagram and other things. And so... That's also plays into this, too, that they're not checking their iMessages because all the quote-unquote important conversations are happening elsewhere, like in Discord, mm, right. Instagram, that kind of stuff.
0: Interesting. I'm, I, I'm super guilty of this, by the way. I'm just going to out myself. I got a new phone, and I thought, you know, usually whenever you get a new phone, you have to, like, it resets your messaging app. It didn't, and I was, like, kind of hoping it would because I had 356-something no. no. unread messages. Caleb Hatchet. Text? That's not a texts. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like your and, phone uh, had the badge notification that said 385, and you just you just were okay with that. That's sociopathic, Caleb. Oh my gosh. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm Sorry. I do. Uh, uh. I'm speaking. So I can speak, I can speak personally to this. Cause apparently I'm finding out, man, I'm young. I'm so young. Dude, I'm so emails cool. is
1: one thing, but text messages,
0: oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like, crazy. <laughs> sorry. Uh, and two, I think for me, it's a lot of times even on something that like I know I should respond to, a couple of reasons like is because I have my read receipts on, and so if it's something that I don't want to respond to, then like I don't want them to know that I've read it and not responded for a bit, and then I'll just forget about it. Or sometimes I will respond in my head if I'm like doing something like, okay, here's how I would respond, and then for whatever reason, my brain's like, okay, you've responded, and then it just sits there, and like I'm like, oh, it's been like a week i can't respond to this person (laughs) now you know and so i don't know i think i think there's a lot of too of even a younger generation of less there's less this expectation of responding to everything and i just so i I don't know so much i have so much anxiety
1: anxiety right now like that it's giving yeah, me so that much is, anxiety. Like, that is so like crazy. I want to, I want to, like hire myself to be your personal assistant for a week and just answer all your text <laughs> yeah, messages. Yeah, so like <laughs> I would love it. I would love it.
0: I, to be fair, I have, I have it under, I have one unread message now. So, yeah, let's I went through that, it, please. sorted through it, and gotten better.
2: So, mm. but I do think Caleb's right. There, and I do this sometimes too, where I'll look at it, but I'm driving or i'll look at it and then i get busy and i don't respond that totally happens and i get it and teenagers do the same thing but i will also say um like you said tobin it might not be important to them (laughs) like they're gonna answer to the things that are important to them yes and so that might be like a sobering thought of like oh i'm not on the important list Mm -hmm. um but it's true they also probably don't think of it as being rude like we do they're not they're not looking at it the same way so they don't think Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for being the spokesperson. You're welcome.
0: Teenage Um, out there, I'm speaking for you. Even though I'm not, even though I'm not teen anymore. Yes. Here we go.
2: Um, Some also may have like text anxiety, like they don't know what Mm -hmm. to say, or they're like, I'm not sure how to respond right now, or if I respond too quickly, that looks weird. I know that sounds dumb, but kids do that too, and so they just right again. Yeah, they just won't say anything, and so. Um, maybe some tips on how to get them to respond. You might have to send a text a couple times. And no, I'm not being rude. I just will continue to text until you respond. And I had a friend that did this in college, and it was so annoying, but also mm-hmm. funny. She would send like if I didn't immediately respond to one of my roommates would I mean send? 50 messages like hey Mm -mm. hi are you there hello where are you but like each word was a different text and it was annoying but it also was like okay i get you're trying to get my attention and it kind of made me laugh instead of like being she didn't like get mad she chose to do it in a funny way so i'm not saying you have to do that but maybe as a parent try to balance that of like instead of
1: you and i have different senses of humor because that would have made me block you immediately
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i'm not saying you go that but like yeah. If they don't respond, send a funny gif that's like question marks or like pointing up, like, hello, like do something like that. That mm-hmm. might be where they might chuckle and be like, oh yeah, I need to respond to that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let me talk to the, so I've been through this as a parent. Um, so I'm talking to the teens because I've had this conversation with my teen. Um, if you were a teen and you struggle with this, or like you may not even realize you're stuck with it, but just remind yourself that one, you are younger and your your empathy, like you know the, the empathy in your brain has not fully developed yet and so just remind yourself that like that's okay but also know that like it, it's it's the right thing to do is to show people that like you're at least responding and, and honestly the i especially if you have an iphone they make it so easy for you now you literally have to just tap it and do like a like a tap back response um an example of this is when i was talking to i so about teenagers i'm talking to you when i was talking to my 14 almost 15 year old um i found out one day that one of my best friends sweet Sweet best friend was sending him like a weekly like encouragement text, which we talked about before on the podcast, and it like literally like made my heart so happy. And then when I looked at the text and I saw that my my lovely teenager, <laughs> I could say a lot of, more mean words, was just literally not responding to one of them because he didn't know what to say because it's yeah. just you know it's awkward whatever for him. But one of the conversations I had with him was like like what are you telling that person who's taking their time out of their day to text you like mm-hmm. you're telling them that they don't care. Or that that you don't care, and so a simple tap back, heart, you know, thank you, lol, whatever it may be, like that's all it takes. Is just remind yourself that you need to have the empathy of if I was on the receiving end of this, well, how would it make me feel? Mm-hmm. And and just no, and just reminding yourself that it's it, it doesn't take a second to do that. And if you do have anxiety about it, then like that may be something else that that might be a deeper you have to work on. But like. Especially if someone's taking their time to talk to you, like just it, it, it just garners a response Like that's even if it's simple, like, yeah, I just even if it's a week later, Caleb, just like, oh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I didn't get to this. And, and I know adults like that, too. Like I have yeah. adults that I'll text and they'll text me like literally a week later. And I'm like, what in the world were you doing for a week? <laughs> you know, and so uh, but yeah, it's 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 a real thing.
0: No, and I, I get it. I think, too, there's this pressure of, OK, I need to respond. Right. And it's I don't know, some, some apparently or especially for some people or some text you're like, man, it's almost like another to do thing on top of mm-hmm. everything else you have to do. And I think just kind of almost taking the pressure out of it has been helpful. Right. Of like, man, it's just mm-hmm. like it's just a text. Right. And like, like yeah. you said, iPhone makes it so easy. Even mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to say. And I know because sometimes I'm in my head about it, like, okay, I feel like I can't just like a message because that's almost worse mm-hmm. than not responding. But for some people, like it's like, okay, at least they've seen it, right? Yeah. And so even if you're like, man, I, I'm not continuing a conversation, just liking or harding a text can go yeah. a long way. but you know to to adults out there, I think you know it's okay to have patience, but it's also okay, like Carly said, to make sure like, hey, <laughs> like hey, I'm still here, right or like, hey, being able to differentiate between is this text that I'm sending important? Yeah. Should I follow up or is it like, okay, they haven't seen it. So I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think, think there's, there's a balance to both. But like, like they said off the top too, whenever you do get in the workforce as an adult, things like that where you have to respond to texts almost as important as some work emails, mm-hmm. it's important to respond and keep those relationships healthy and make sure that the people that you're texting and know that they are valued even with your time yeah. to, to take you know, Mm -hmm. the five seconds it takes to text back. So I see I'm on both sides, even though I have 300 unwritten messages. So. Well,
2: and I'll say if you're a parent and you are frustrated that your teen isn't responding, have them turn on read receipts just for you. You can turn them on for specific people like mine are only on for Josh. So he knows I've at least seen a message. And that way you can tell like you're not badgering them. And we'll talk about this in a second when we get into cell phone boundaries, but maybe they're at school and they haven't even seen your message and you're like, yeah. Hey, I need an answer. I need an answer. I need an answer. And they don't have their phone on them. Right. And so that might be helpful if you know, like, okay, they read it and they didn't respond. So I need an answer. Um, and if you really need them, if you need an answer to something, call them. That's an easy thing to do. And if yeah. they're like Gross. me and they hate phone calls, they'll probably start responding to text <laughs> if you start calling them every time. Yeah, that's um, true. but then Tobin, you showed me this. Mm-hmm. I never known this on iPhones that if you like tap and hold on an iMessage, it'll mm-hmm. pull it up where you can read the message, but it won't read it.
0: That's and why. So, that's why I have three hundred unread messages. Is because I'm well, doing that. Because normal people, normal receipt.
1: people see that red number, Caleb, and it makes them stress out until they get rid of it. So that's that's why. That's how until you get the notification. So yeah. <laughs> it and used then I do, iPhones- but then
0: I became a monster. Oh
2: my gosh. Well an iMessage now have where you can read something and then still mark it as you can go back and mm-hmm. mark it as unread if you swipe to the right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Swipe no one left, of the ways and it'll it way. can or to the right, yes. From the left to the, to the right.
2: Yes, from left to right. <laughs> <laughs> All the things. If you do that, it'll mark it as unread. So you can show them like, hey, if you can't answer right now or in my babysitting context, maybe you're like, hey, I need to check with my parents to make sure I'm free, or I need to check on my schedule, but you don't respond right then. Market is unread, so you'll remember mm-hmm. to come back to that conversation, unless you're like Caleb, and yeah. then they just get buried in the 300 unread notifications.
0: Uh, and that's I, more I about say, Caleb than it is you, so. It's true. Yes. <laughs> but I will say from firsthand experience, right, the more that that stresses you out, which is is fair, right, because it's another thing to do, like, You have to get – it's a skill that you kind of need to develop, Mm -hmm. right, of, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to at least even say no if you can't do it. And and I think there's a lot of fear of, well, they're going to think less of me. Well, if you can't do it, you can't do it. And so being able to respond is just a great skill to have and a skill, okay, full honesty, I'm still trying to develop (laughs) myself. Sure. So (laughs) you're not alone. (laughs) Well,
1: so – that's a, that, that is a conversation that I'm sure brings up a lot of emotions from both sides. But let's talk about cell phone boundaries, which is another thing that it kind of can be um, an argument or just like a, a heavy discussion. But um, s- schools lately have been doing a lot of uh, like prohibiting non-academic use of cell phones. Like it says right here that 76.9% of schools prohibited non-academic use of cell phones or smartphones during school hours during the 2019-2020 school year. Um, most schools now are like prohibiting cell phones to eliminate, they, they say to eliminate dis- distractions, but also to help students mental health by reducing stress and anxiety, the source of it. Um, there's all kinds of opinions on that kind of stuff. We're not here to actually hash those out and be, you know, somebody that stands on one corner or the other, but just it, this is a real thing. This is like, it's like whether, whether your school district or you care about it or whether you agree with it or not, this is maybe something that either has happened or is coming down the pipe, uh, for you guys. But, um, we're just talking about like, what does this look like? So if you're a teacher or you have a student, like a teen in school, or you are a teen in school, uh, it, it could look like we're putting our phones at the front of the room. Like I had a teacher which that I worked with because I'm I was I'm so old, I did not have cell phones in school. Um, but <laughs> I had a teacher that I worked with that whenever they had, at their whiteboard, they had like 20 slots at their whiteboard where everybody had a number, a sign number, and they put their phone there. So that way they knew like, you know, my phone goes to one, my phone goes to two. And that was where their phone stayed. And if they needed it for anything, then they could go up there at the whiteboard and use it. But that's where they, so like it was very obvious that when mm-hmm. they were using it, for whatever reason, if it was productive or not, they were at the whiteboard. Um, a lot of schools are asking kids to keep their phones in lockers. Like that's what happens in my stu- my son's school. Um, I will tell you as a educator, former educator, that is not happening. They don't keep their in mm-hmm. their locker. Mm-hmm. ever. Like mm-hmm. most kids don't even use their locker. And so uh, the schools that are saying that, don't really probably realize that that's not actually happening, but that's definitely something that they're selling, saying. But a lot of teachers and stuff will, will like. You just need to set a norm at the beginning of the year and make sure that it's something that you can enforce. So, like I always tell like told my colleagues and stuff too that um you just kind of have to remind yourself that are you trying to fight a like like there's a scene in Game of Thrones where like what's his name uh, John Snow is like has a sword out and like the massive horde of people coming at him really good scene. But, um, that are you trying to be that teacher where you're trying to, uh, trying to fight a losing battle? Or are you going to steer into the skid a little bit? Like remind yourself, like what, what fights am I willing to fight? And Mm -hmm. like what, I mean, some of them may be out of your control, but also like, you know, I, I had, I had colleagues that I was just like, why are you taking up every phone that you see? Like if it's a consistent thing, then, Knock yourself out. But like, it's it's just you have to remind yourself that is this a fight that I can fight, first of all, and do my job well? Or is it a fight that I have to fight necessarily? And so and that goes for parents, too.
2: Well, I do want to say before we move on fully to parents, because this connects the two. I do think mm-hmm. it's worth mentioning that the school prohibiting cell phones makes parents mad. Mm-hmm.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Typically. And so as school staff, you know that I'm not, hear me say, I'm not saying that that means that you don't need to do what's best for your students in your classroom. But um, I am hearing parents are pretty upset that they do not have unlimited access to their students. So if they need to get in touch with them, or I know in the back of a lot of parents' heads, it's what if there's an emergency and my Mm -hmm. student doesn't have their phone and so they can't contact me and let Mm -hmm. me know. And I know school, when I was like looking into this, I'll post some articles and stuff about what other schools are doing. But like I know some schools say call the office at any time if you need to reach your student, but that is also Mm -hmm. adding something on the school. And so there, there's a lot of nuances schools handle it different ways. Mm -hmm. um, But it's something worth noting that that is kind of a place of friction between parents and schools.
1: Yeah. And it just, you know, also, if you're a parent and you're upset about that, advocate for your student. Like, you know, you can go to school board meetings, you can go to the the principals and stuff. I will tell you, like, I am I lean more towards the, like, let the students kind of have their freedom with it to an extent um, for that reason. Because, like, it's like, we go to a lot of schools at Teen Life. And one of the things that you see when you go to schools is the chaos that ensues with the person at the front door. And the last mm-hmm. thing they need is w- more people calling them saying, where's my child? and so in my opinion having them having their cell phones on them in in the at least in the in the social passing periods and stuff like that is is a way to alleviate some of that but let's let's talk more about at home um first of all there's no judgment here if you are doing something differently or if you have stricter or more loose rules on on cell phone stuff and like me as a parent uh, there are things that I wish I would have done differently in the past and now it's kind of like the cat's out of the bag so I can't really you know, necessarily yank some of it back, but, um, (laughs) you know, there's, there is no judgment. So like if you, if you are like a overly strict phone person, great. Like that's, that's what works for you. That's awesome. This is more about what works for you and your family, but these are just some ideas in case you're, you're trying to figure out what works best for you. So just do what's best for you and your family, like model, Nick, you have to model good boundaries yourself, um, (laughs) which is not great. Like I am so (laughs) bad at this. Like, like, don't ask them to do something that you wouldn't do. And like, it's I tough. have been called out oh. multiple times by my teenager, like, like, one of the ones that we, this is, this is a little bit different, but like, was like, my wife's real big on no cell phones at the dining table. And so mm-hmm. I'm always like, yeah, don't do that teenager. And then next thing you know, I'm like scrolling, you know, <laughs> Instagram or Twitter or whatever at the table. I'm like, oh man, and so and then I get called out for it. So yeah, I mean, like, you need to make sure you model the good behavior and you know, like that's really hard because, like, there's a lot of times when we as adults just want to sit down and just, you know, veg out on, on scrolling. And if we're getting mad at our students for doing that, our teens are doing that, we have to kind of remind ourselves of that. Well, and driving um, with cell phones is a big one for that yeah, too.
2: Like, yeah. I just, I already have anxiety about that of when my kids drive if they're mm-hmm. looking at their phone. But I'm bad at it too. Um, mm-hmm. even if I tell myself I'm only going to do it at stoplights, there are times where yeah. I'm text and I'm looking at my phone, and so. But that starts with you. Mm -hmm. You can't tell your teen you can't drive and be on your phone, and then every time they're in the car with you, you're doing the same. So yeah, that's a that's a hard pill to swallow. But maybe the time
1: Sawyer's driving will have self driving cars, you don't have to worry about it. That's kind of the... Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) Yeah, mine Mm -hmm. mine is starting that journey, and I'm already stressed about that. So um, you know, and like look into like the research on cell phones and having constant access to it. Like like I haven't, I don't, I know that none of y'all, neither one of y'all, have had to deal with this, but my son has been pretty. Um, sh- he has not started the social media stuff yet, and hasn't really wanted to, and so like I haven't really had to quite cross that bridge yet. But um, they're def- we definitely deal with some addictive behavior with him, um, on like uh games and in YouTube mm-hmm. reels and stuff like that. And so, uh, just looking like research, like how to like limit that kind of stuff and like how to like what it means when they have constant access yeah Uh, consider a phone contract we've talked a lot about those phone contracts that lay out the rules of what you want from them that is something that i wish i would have done from day one and i did not do i've kind of like haphazardly done that as as i've gone on but i did not do that from day one i I think i said it before but we were kind of thrust into that situation because of covid my son had to stay home from school and he was we don't have a you know we're we're not 70 years old so we don't have a landline so he had to have a (laughs) cell phone so um and so that we it kind of like was rushed into that for us but that's something i wish i would have done differently um i i've i'm not necessarily saying these are good good examples but like some i've seen some people have a rule where like they can't take their phones out of the living room or like they can't take it to mm-hmm. their bedroom or when they when they had to charge their phone they have to charge it in a family space and not in their room uh just because it's at night and you don't need your phone at that certain point um mm-hmm. My my rule in my house is is that when I ask to look at your phone, like you have to pass it over like yeah. immediately. Yeah. And if you and don't pass over immediately yeah, and if you don't pass it over immediately, I'm gonna immediately assume you're doing something that you should be doing, you know. And so far, that hasn't been an issue in my house. But that's but that's also like, you know, like you're not allowed to create passwords that I don't know. um And like I'm not trying to invade your privacy. I'm trying to protect you. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and read through all your drama. Like kind of remind them that that you're not there to find their drama, but you're also there to make sure that they're being safe and and that's yeah. that, that's your job as a parent to do. Um and then obviously there's a lot of monitoring apps and softwares out there. Uh, we talked about Bark a couple of a few episodes ago. Bark's a pretty good one like Life360 is a big one up for a lot of mm-hmm. people but just monitoring apps. Um
0: And that's not for itself, everyone. Yeah. But iPhone yeah. itself has a lot of boundaries mm-hmm. too. I know that um mm-hmm. you can set up time limits on certain mm-hmm. things or even mm-hmm. shut down, you know, your your kids access to Certain yeah. apps past a certain time, to where they can still have their phone and charge it for like, if, mm-hmm. you know, because the common argument is why? Well, how do I wake up? Because alarm clocks aren't a thing anymore. So a lot of students and I myself uses their phone to wake up, but you can, you know, shut that down. I know our our children's minister <laughs> will get texts from, uh, her daughter and be like, Hey, can I get 15 more minutes on Instagram? Mm-hmm. And then you can go in and give them mm-hmm. 15 more minutes. But yeah. I think too. You know, it is easier to start from a place of more restrictions and then ease up on restrictions than try to reel back and and, yeah. Yeah, and have restrictions when there weren't any before. So. It's better to
1: be proactive than reactive in these situations. Yeah. Because if you're reactive, that means that, that some sort of uh, bad thing has already started and you have to try to fix that habit. Um, another if thing too, so, go ahead, Carly.
2: Well, that's where a contract might be helpful <laughs> yeah. If you're sitting there going like, man, we've got way off the rails sitting down mm-hmm. and not going like back to square one, but being like, okay, let's talk through some things. Here's what we're seeing. Let's agree. And why don't you help me come up with some boundaries? We'll write them down. And then you both know what to expect. Because yeah. I also think it's hard. Like you can't always get mad at a teenager if it's not an expectation you set mm-hmm. yeah. before. Yes. Yeah. And so having that conversation ahead of time and if you're like hey we need to reset for me and you and maybe it's a here are your boundaries and here are some for me mm-hmm. of like you were saying Tobin. maybe it's no cell phones at the table and i'm also signing this and if you see me breaking that then you can call me out and be like hey remember mm-hmm. we agreed on this mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. that's helpful
1: hey and last thing before we before we close this out today if you're a teen listening to this um have talked a lot about empathy before and this is another one of those situations of just remind yourself that it's okay to advocate for yourself respectfully um, and remind yourself that most of you, if you're a teenager listening, and have a parent, most of your parents did not grow up with cell phones. Mm-hmm. And they're learning just like you're learning on how to deal with this as a parent. Um, and when we got cell phones, we were adults and didn't have somebody checking us. And so um, there's a lot of things, a lot of habits that I have on a cell phone that I wish I didn't have. And I well, it's because I didn't have a cell phone until I was an adult. And so just remind yourself that like your parents are learning just as much as you are with this Mm -hmm. stuff and that you are in a weird generation of you're kind of like the, your parents are kind of like the trailblazers of how to parent students through cell phones. And you're a trailblazer of you're the first teens that have parents that have to deal with that. So so just remind yourself that and just, it's, it's okay to advocate for yourself, but also know that that we're only trying, we're only trying to help you. That's it. Most of the time, I'm sure there's some parents that aren't, but you know, <laughs> most of the time we're just trying to help you in, yes. and, in, and but sometimes we're wrong too. And so just, you know, advocate for yourself, but also r- remind yourself that, that teen, that your parents are, are learning just as much as you are.
2: And I just think this is a great conversation to be having with your teenagers, whether you're a parent or doing a group or a classroom with them of like, Hey, like we said upfront, let's set some norms so that everyone's yeah. on the same page. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's a wrap for this episode. We hope you enjoyed everything we're talking about. And I hope that it leads to great conversations with a teen in your life. And if there's pieces you want to share with them, we're going to start posting some more videos on TikTok, especially maybe pieces to teenagers and they might see it. Or if you're looking and like, hey, this is a piece that I'd really want that teen to hear, share that with them as well. But make sure you're subscribing on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts Um, But as always, remember, teenagers are not a problem to be solved.